Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Well, it's been said that parenting isn't for the faint of heart, and that is especially true when it comes to extremely difficult conversations like depression or even suicide. Today, we want to give you a roadmap for discussing suicide with the emerging adults in your home. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. Danny is a licensed family counselor and the vice president of our parenting department here at Focus. And Danny, unfortunately, the teen suicide rate has really increased over the past decade. Um, what are some of the factors, the key factors from your perspective contributing to that? First of all, it's the media. Media has made it uh, much more commonplace. You can watch it. If you look at YouTube videos, they've had how-to videos on, on how to do this. And uh, combined with kids that feel a tremendous amount of pressure uh, and demands on them, and they just don't know how to meet everyone's demands and expectations of them, and then you mix into that uh, drugs and the amount of drugs we've had. That's not new, but combined with media, combined with uh, the other pressures, and the fact that it can be a contagious action by someone, and so it's become more of a multiple choice for some of the the teens. And you combine that with the the natural uh, thing that that teens are uh, impulsive and can make impulsive decisions. I remember one teen that had tried to take his own life and was hospitalized. And I saw him two weeks later after he left the hospital. And he said, Mr. Worth, I'm so thankful that I was found and I, I didn't successfully take my life. My life is so different now. Hmm. But I thought that's how it was going to be in that moment. Teenagers do see it as permanent. But then you mix all those other factors and you get a teen in that impulsive moment, make a real permanent decision. And it's becoming more and more common because of that and also the fact that more kids are having access to weapons and other things uh, where they can uh, combine uh, tough moments with lethal means. Mm. Well, Focus President Jim Daly uh, spoke with author and youth expert Jim Burns about this topic, and here are some of those insights. One of the things, well, here in Colorado Springs, I'll just say it. I mean, we've been kind of uh, given the teen suicide capital of the country. I mean, that's unbelievable. And the point of that is there's something going on in teens today. Uh, In one case, there's a suicide pack at a school. The officials cannot unwind that. They don't know who's a part of it. It's just every few months someone's taking their life. What can we do as a parent to do the best job to equip our teens to not make that fatal choice? Right. Well, we have to make sure that we are doing the kind of assessment that we need because a lot of times we'll say we're just down, but maybe there really is a depression or anxiety that's causing something where they need an assessment, they need help. Um, I'm big on getting help. and Especially and, if you see those signs. Exactly. But a lot of us, you know, go into denial and there's some real myths about suicide that, you know, kids have already gone and got help and a lot of times they haven't, you know, before right. this process. I think we have to, from an early age, let our kids know that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, whatever Correct. that problem is. Yeah. And so I think we can speak about it. The problem is, is a lot of times we don't want to talk about it because we're afraid that if we talk to our kids about suicide, they'll go do it. Right. When in fact they're oftentimes wanting us to have conversations about it. And that's one of the things we who work with adolescents do is we'll say, boy, that sounds like you're going through a tough time. Have you ever thought about 
you know, killing yourself. The reason you say that, not because they're going to go, oh, that's a good idea. I've never thought about it. They may feel relief that, you know, there's some Someone's help. noticing. That there's some help there. Exactly. So when it comes to suicide, which, by the way, is the third largest killer, moving quickly to the second largest killer among adolescents, mm-hmm. when it comes to that, then I think it's important that we try to do as much preventative help as we can by making that a part of the family dialogue, especially if there's suicides within the family system. So that's a time, like with us, I just gave an illustration about our family who has an alcoholic background. But if our family had a suicidal background, then that would have to also be a conversation. You know, in our family, there's people who have had these kinds of feelings. These are not bad people. These are just people who are troubled. And here's what I would have hoped that you know, grandpa or grandma or uncle or whoever would have done instead of making it a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that's so good, Jim. And we need to remember that. I'm still thinking of, uh, you know, the signs. Can we be real clear here for the parents who they maybe suspect something's not right, but maybe it's just a bad week, a bad month, a bad semester. You can really justify what's happening and not really see the signs. So I want to make sure parents know clearly what to look for. Yeah, and honestly, they could go online yes. or they could actually go to the Understanding Your Teen book and it would say the signs and the symptoms. Correct. Because a lot of the signs sound like just a regular teenager. If they violate their values, if they change friend groups, if they've given away a prized possession. So those are all things that sometimes teens do anyway. If there's been a breakup, a romantic breakup is another major those thing. Those are signs of depression. Well, those are also signs of that they could be su- going to suicide. suicide. You'd mentioned suicide pack. If they have friends who have either even attempted suicide, not killed themselves, but even attempted, then there's a greater chance that they will. Anytime you see a suicide, you're talking about here in Colorado Springs, when there's a suicide, then there's many attempts. They don't really kill themselves, but they then attempt. So you see that. You see oftentimes, if there's one, you see three right away. Yeah, boom, boom, copycat. boom. Copycat mm-hmm. type things. So as parents, we've got to... When Kathy and I had our kids, it never dawned on us that we're going to have to become students of the teen culture. But, you know, we have to understand some of these kind of things. And again, we can't always do it. So, you know, find the people around you who can help you uh, figure that particular thing out. But if you ever have even a question... You know, get the help. What a suicide assessment counselor is going to do with a teen is say, you know, do you have a time and a place and a method? And they're lethal if they say, yeah, you know, I was thinking about killing myself right after the football game because yeah. my girlfriend broke up and the method is a gun and, uh, you know, right. I'm going to do it here. It. They're lethal. Take them to a hospital. Get them the clinical help that they need. Yeah. And Jim, I don't want to end on a note of desperation here. Right. The Lord... Uh, is in all of this. And he sees what our kids are going through and he sees the difficulty. Give me a perspective, a spiritual perspective, so we can end in a note kind of from God's vantage point. Uh, Even though things are troubling, things can be terrible. He still is in the midst of all that. Right, right. And, And actually, I mean, we have to continue to be reminded that when our God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. When he says, I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't think of our teens on the death side, unless we're talking about the most you know horrible things. But we have to be reminded that we don't have to do this alone. That with God's help, and I know that for personally, if we were parenting our kids without the input of God, I'm not sure we could have handled it. I'm not sure our marriage would have handled it. I'm not sure our life would have handled it. So, you know, lean on God, trust in him, and he will help you with your path. He doesn't say it's going to be perfect, but he does promise to go along with you on this. That is so true. And I I think the key there, I would think that your teens are watching you in that way too. They know what they're doing. 
And depending upon how you respond to it is communicating a faith message to them. If you're panicked and full of fear, they're going to say, well, I guess God doesn't work for my parents, right, in that regard. And so you have a lot to balance there as the parents modeling a relationship with Christ, what needs to be done, that sense of peace and joy, even in the midst of pain. They're going to look for that. Is it real in you? Because if it's not real in you, I don't know that I can embrace it. Is that fair? Exactly. And, you know, the Proverbs ten nine statement, uh, the man or woman of integrity walks securely. And I'm convinced that the man or woman of integrity, that doesn't mean perfection. That means being authentic, having an authentic faith, who walk with God, with integrity. Their kids will also be more secure. Right. So we just do the best we can uh, with God's help. Danny, the basis of every difficult parent-child conversation, especially a topic like suicide, needs to be within the context of faith. So uh, how do you advise parents who realize they haven't been an overly faithful follower of Christ? Um, What do they need to do differently? Well, first, it's modeling a new relationship with, with the Heavenly Father, and second, uh, resetting with their teen the fact that they've made a, a mistake, that they haven't included something very key, and that they most likely did the best they could with what they knew at the time, and now they have this new relationship with the Heavenly Father, and they want to have that be a, a centerpiece to any of the conversations that they're going to have, including uh, the, the topic of suicide, which uh, there are a lot of questions from teens. I, I got that same question I've gotten in my counseling practice and also from my own son. He said, do people that take their own life, uh, commit suicide or death by suicide, go to heaven? And, uh, you know, scholars and pastors have tried to tackle that one. And that's a difficult conversation to have with your team on what are the, what's the biblical perspective on that. And we've talked about with my son. I said, well, let's go into Scripture together. Let's look at this relationship. I truly trust in Scripture, and God says to, to not commit murder. And what, what does that mean? We're taking our body. Uh, we, we borrow this body. It's not ours. It's a temple for our soul to live here. Uh, yet we serve a God that's, that has grace and forgiveness, and so that's one that you don't want to tamper with because God has made it clear that life is what he's about and maybe it's going deeper into the pain. What would cause somebody to want to take their life? Why would they want to exit early and then shift the conversation to that and then talk about the hope that you have found in that relationship with the Heavenly Father that loves us so deep that he would die on the cross for our sins so that we would have life and have it eternally. And uh, God has said he will be with us all the time. And I I've shared this verse before, uh, John, but I'd love to share. It's Isaiah 26, 3, and it says, He keeps him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him Mm -hmm. because he trusts in him. And you can share with your children, I trust in God, and therefore I can have peace internally. And uh, that's really where uh, teens have a hard time. How can I feel peace in my emotions and who I am? And that can be a good starting point with your teen. Appreciate that. And uh, here at Focus, we're all about helping your family. We have so many great resources. Certainly, uh, let me uh, offer our counseling services to you. We have a terrific team of caring Christian counselors, and you can set up a time to have an initial phone call uh, with one of them. 
Um, our number here is 800, the letter A, and the word family. And then we are offering Jim Burns' book, Understanding Your Teen, Shaping Their Character, Facing Their Realities. Uh, that's available uh, when you make a gift of any amount to support the ministry. And then uh, last but certainly not least, Focus on the Family has a terrific resource online called Alive to Thrive. Danny, take a moment to explain the heart behind that and what this is. This is about uh, training the layperson to have difficult conversations with a teen and to recognize when there are suicidal thoughts or there's a danger there with a teen. It's to help train a mom, a pastor, a youth pastor, a teacher to understand the warning signs, but also to enter confidently into conversations with kids and teens uh, about their life and not be intimidated by the fact that there's brokenness in front of you in that teen's soul and uh, really understanding some of the ins and outs. So it's a training, in essence, a train the trainer where you go in maybe as a group or uh, yourself, and it's to help equip you as you have the important conversations. And I'm so grateful for your heart to uh, get this done and the team that helped make it all possible. Alive to Thrive, look for that. Uh, At our website, we've got links for all of these resources in the episode notes, or again, uh, just call us, 800, the letter A, and the word family. Well, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire parenting team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.